Hey everyone, and welcome to the Tax Security Podcast, where we discuss all things Cisco, including configuration, troubleshooting, tips and tricks, and hot issues being seen by the Cisco TAC security teams. Uh, with me today, we've got David White. How's it going, David? Fantastic, Jay. How are you? Doing pretty good. It's Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. How about you, Magnus? I'm doing pretty well as well. That sounds silly to say, but no, good weekend coming up. Yeah. Um, so we thought we'd do a little episode about syslogs because syslogs are so important to the detective work that we do in the Cisco TAC. Almost every single TAC team um, you know, relies upon syslogs provided by our customers to diagnose issues that have happened in the past. So um, we, we have some you know, tricks and tips and best practices we use when we're looking through syslog files, and we want to get those to you. So we're going to talk about some ideas here in the episode today, and we're also going to post in the show notes the specific commands that we're talking about with examples of how we run them. So um, if you can get to the show notes, you know, follow along with the episode. Otherwise, just listen and look at them later, but hopefully we'll get across those uh, those main ideas. Let's talk about syslogs. Um you know, if you if oftentimes customers call into the TAC and they've had some problem, and uh, the problem's gone away, but they want to know what happened. Well, on most of our devices, we do keep some archival information. Maybe we have local syslog buffer uh, that's not very big. Maybe we have some show commands that show some stuff from the past, like show failover on the ASA. It'll show you when the ASA's failed over. Um, but uh, when it comes down to it, what we really want to see is a record of what happened, and we'll ask customers for the syslogs generated by the ASA. And the worst answer we can get is... Uh, what's a syslog and how do I set that up? Well, yeah. Essentially, if we can't get access to those syslogs, um, that's that's bad. Or if they weren't configured yeah, on the device. I'd say that's probably our most common situation um, when we kind of run into a dead end on the log path. You know, it's uh, I don't have any set up and I didn't have it set up at the time of the problem. But we've got it configured now. Well, that obviously doesn't do us very much good if we don't have the logs from the time of whatever issue you're trying to troubleshoot. Yeah, so if there's one thing to take away from today's episode, it's that, you know, your critical devices that are, you know, have major important traffic passing through them should have syslogs configured, and they should be sending that to some remote syslog server that's going to archive that information for you, right? And, um, you know, obviously if you engage the TAC, we can help you out with those as well. So, um, you know... When it comes down to uh, configuring syslog generation, we can talk about the ASA. Uh, you know, it's a good idea to configure syslogs uh, on the ASA to send traffic. You know, send syslogs to a remote server. There's going to be a lot of syslogs generated by the ASA. So let's take the ASA as an example um, of a device that's critical to your network. It's going to generate these syslogs. Um, they've talked about the ASA syslog capabilities and maybe a best practice for a customer that's got one. So the ASA has a very robust syslogging capabilities. Uh, it logs about two different 2,000 different unique syslog messages uh, at various levels. Um, we say that there's seven levels of syslogging on the ASA, levels one through seven, but it's actually zero indexed, as Magnus would like to point out. And so there's actually eight levels, but we log z- no messages at level zero. Um, so for the average network administrator, we suggest that they log at level three or level four in order to record the significant events that the device is generating, both security events as well as environmental events, unless they have a, you know, unique reason um, based on their security policy to log at a higher level, in which case they have two options. They can raise or increase the level of logging to a higher level, say level 5, or they can just look at those syslog messages that they're interested in and move those down to the lower levels. 
Now, to give an example of how verbose our logging is, when a connection passes through the ASA, you know, how many um, syslogs do you think would get generated by one connection being built and passed through the ASA? I'll throw a number out there. Nine? I'll say five. Five, nine. What do we got, Dave? Well, so if you start with a blank ASA, you know, freshly booted, right, it'll build up the internal localhost entry and the external localhost entry. That's two. the device you're going to, right? We'll build the XLATE as three. We'll build the connection as four. When you go to get the page, it'll be five. When you tear down the connection, it's six. When you tear down the XLATE, it's seven. When you tear down the inside and outside localhost entries, that becomes nine. So, oh wow, nine single connection, Magnus. We will log nine unique syslogs. Honestly, it was a guess, but I got it right. So you know that shows how. Maybe on your production firewall with lots of traffic passing through it, you don't just want to crank up to debug level and send that to your syslog server because your server admin will come to you and say, you know, I've got my 45-gig drive full of this giant, you know, text file full of syslogs. Stop. Yeah. I've I've seen plenty of customers where, you know, we're looking at 15 gigs of logs per day, and that's just a mind-blowing number, you know, but that's very busy networks and, like Dave mentioned, a very verbose logging config on a firewall. Now, so there may be some actual situations where you need really high levels of logging and high rates of logs. Uh, One prime example uh, from a while back was actually a product we used to have, uh, or we still do, called Mars, uh, which did require a significant amount of log information from the different firewalls in your environment in order to correlate events. Ah, but the key there was it it required a log message that was logged at level 6, but you didn't need all the other messages logged at level 6, right? So you technically can move the message that it was looking for at level 6 down to a lower level and reduce the amount of logging that you were getting. What was the problem that we were sending so much to the Mars that... Well, uh, what it was is in some platforms, you know, the amount of logs that were generated, you know, may negatively affect the performance. Yeah. You know, as And and in the Mars guide, they didn't tell you about lowering the syslog down to a different level. Mm -hmm. They said log at level six because we need to see this message at level six as well. Yeah. So... Uh, working in attack, we're going to get cases open by network administrators that have had networking problems, and you know syslogs are what we're going to ask for. Oftentimes, they'll attach them to the attack case, so they'll go directly to the attack case. They'll upload their you know twenty meg, thirty meg, half a gig syslog file, and then we'll get a notification that was attached. We'll pull it down to our PC and we'll go to work. So, uh, question to you guys: So you have a half gig syslog file. What do you start doing? How do you investigate that problem? Well, I mean, one one recommendation I usually give to customers, you mentioned like a half gig um, syslog file, right? Um, that's obviously rather cumbersome to move around. Just a general tip for all of our listeners, zip them up before you send them to us. That saves an almost uh, immense amount of space. Yeah. Uh, text zips pretty well. Oh, it compresses very easily. But for us, you know, when we end up getting one of these really large log files, it's important to understand um, a couple of things. If we kind of know the rough time frame of a problem, you know, uh, let's say there was some outage and we're using the syslogs to try and understand what happened around that time, knowing the time of that outage lets us take, you know, what could be a whole day's worth of events and start chopping it down to relevant time scales of those logs. So, um, you know, if you have an issue and you know when it happened, you can help TAC help you by letting us know roughly the time range that the yeah, event time transpired. range, IP address. IP address is, is another prime example. But I'll tell you the first thing I do is I just, uh, I, I have a Mac, right? So I put it in some folder and I'll just run the less command on the file. So I'll go to the command line 
and I'll run less and then the and then the file. And what I'm doing is just looking at what I've got. I mean, yeah. it may be it may be a, a, a five gig file, but I just want to look how it's formatted. I want to see, you know, did the syslog server alter the um, the message coming from the ASA or the routers? It, it, did it do some funky DNS resolution for the IP addresses? We've seen that before. Yeah. So yeah. you you try to search for an IP address in the file, you never find it because the D, the server um, resolved those and replaced them with the host names. Uh, do we see corrupted characters? Do we see like, you know, DOS to Unix type? strange command codes in there. I mean, all those things can mess you up. So it's a good idea just to poke around, go through a couple dozen pages of it, and just see what you see, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. The other thing is, is you know, when you have very large log files, um, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the applications can't open the files because yeah. for an application yeah. to open the file, they typically have to load that entire file into memory. So it, it's stored and they can easily, you know, scroll through it. So you might need to break it down into more manageable chunks or use tools that don't require you to load that entire file in memory. So we'll talk about them, I think, but probably, you know, using tools like grep, like less, like more, you cat. know, cat, right, where you can you can read parts of the file and process the file without actually loading the entire content in memory. Yeah, and there's more. So we'll make a list of our preferred editors um, and readers on the page, but... You know, honestly, for Windows machines, you know, Notepad may be the default editor, but it's going to choke on a file that's too big. And then next up is WordPad, and that's going to that's still going to die after a while. So, um, there's there's better programs like Notepad plus uh, plus that you can use that do a bit better buffering. But for serious syslog investigation, you know, you need those command line tools. You know, you gotta you you got to do some some magic on the command line, and we'll talk about that. But for that, I use um, Mac or Linux is very easy. Uh, or you can install those on a Windows machine yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, you know, on Windows you can install Sigwin, for example, and use that to do a lot of the same sort of Linux commands we're going to talk about in today's episode. You can run them on your Windows box as well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll provide a link to that. Um, the other thing that we recommend is... If you're a Windows user and um, you'd like to try out some of the tools without installing Sigwin or that sort of thing, um, try downloading a Linux VM. Uh, there's little tiny uh, you know, VMs that you can download and run with an open source uh, VM player, and that'll give you good exposure to some of those tools without having to load an operating system on your box. You know, run it as a VM and use that. Uh, that's a good you know, thing to practice on. Um. So... Dave, let's say uh, uh, somebody comes to you and they've got a a huge log file. We're looking, you know, a couple of gigs of logs. What's like the general steps that you take? You know, you've been in the industry for quite a while. What's what's Dave's log manipulation or troubleshooting methodology? Yeah, it's a it's a couple phase approach, right? First is you know always ask them, you know, what's the problem? Do you know, like you said, do you know the time approximate time around where it occurred? Do you know the IP address? Is you know so oftentimes they'll say, well, it affected the whole box. You know, we had an outage. You know. Nothing passed through, okay, and then you got to figure out, well, is that really true, right? Um, and so the easiest thing, like you said, with the large log files, what I'm doing is, you know, I might grep through first. So grep, uh, you know, a Linux, Unix utility, um, GREP. And basically what that does is it takes in a regular expression and spits out the lines that match that regular expression. So I might start by grepping through for all severity one syslogs, right? So, um, you know, ASA-1, so grep you know, ASA-1, that file name. And I'll spit out all severity 1. Then I might go to severity 2, right? Then I might go to severity 3. And just kind of parse through those and look to say, you know, what significant events do I see that would be box-wide system events that occurred and then when did they occur or if none occurred, right? The next thing I would do is I might, you know, as Jay said, you know, do a more or less on the file to kind of 
get an idea of what the logs are that I see. And there's a lot of logs in there that, you know, just aren't really relevant to whatever the problem is. So then I start doing grep minus V, that syslog ID, to exclude those logs from the output. And I'll keep chaining those together. So you can pipe chain them together by using pipe. So grep minus V space, you know, ASA dash six dash, you know, some syslog ID pipe grep minus V ASA dash, you know, you get what I'm pointing. You're essentially whittling down what could be a tree trunk down to a toothpick. Yes. And as I do that, you know, I might also redirect that output to a new file. So then you start with a 15 gig file you whittle it down to, say, a 20-meg file. Now you start analyzing that 20-meg file because you might have piped it to grep to exclude, you know, 15 things out of it, right? So now you got a really, you know, much more manageable file, and then you can do deeper analysis on that after you've already thrown away the stuff that you really know you don't really need. It's not relevant to the problem at hand. So, you know, using that kind of technique, what are some, you know, really interesting cases or really interesting problems that you've been able to uncover you know, uh, somebody comes to you with an issue. What what was your best sort of syslog war story? I don't know that I have a best syslog war story, but I think what's interesting is, again, kind of looking at some of these utilities and tools that you can use to really process the syslog. So, for example, if, um, you know, if they tell me, hey, you know, all, all of our traffic was denied inbound at a certain point in time, right? I might look at those syslogs, and I might look for, you know, the deny inbound syslogs, right? And then I might parse out the field that tells me what the destination IP address is that they were going to and or the port and then capture that output you know and and you you know using said and pipe it to sort um, and then uh, you know sort that output and give it a count so I can see hey what are the top IP addresses that people are going to or what mm-hmm. are the top ports people are going to that were denied and maybe do that for the permits around that time too right get an idea of you know what traffic was permitted to where and what traffic was denied to where Right, it all ju- it all just depends. But you know, using using tools like you know, sed and awk and and unique and sort, you know, again, a lot of Unix and Linux um, Mac tools, you know, provides you with a ton of power to really, you know, analyze logs at a high level. Yeah, that that reminds me of um, you know, if we're if we're talking war stories, there was one situation that I ran into. Um, you know, standard issue. You know, there was some outage or some issue that transpired early in the morning. Nobody was there to really figure out what was going on, uh, but you know, the customer witnessed some form of an outage. And what we ended up getting is obviously the big spew of logs from the morning. You know, here's you know five gigs of logs. Go. Well, looking at it, you know, if we were to you're mentioning grep, grep through and look at all the built connection syslogs. You know, filter for that string or that syslog ID, uh, and then we kind of broke it down based on per minute in the syslog timestamps and we could see all right well over an average you know what whatever the uh, whatever the network was seeing as an average connection rate per minute suddenly spiked up to some ungodly number um at a certain time range in those syslogs and we weren't really sure when in the morning it had happened but we knew that somewhere sometime in the morning the problem did occur by breaking it out per minute using tools like sort and unique we were able to see that there were some maybe about a 10-minute swath of time, that the uh, connection rate was through the roof. And then looking at those time frames, specifically in the logs, now we knew a rough time range of when the problem occurred. Uh, we were able to see that there were one or two IP addresses that were just bombarding this one server uh, with hundreds of thousands of connections, but it happened for only a short burst. Um, and looking at that in the syslogs, you know, we could see that connection just come out of nowhere. You know, just so many issues of that built connection syslog uh, for that one IP to that server. And 
Sure enough, it was some sort of short little DOS attack that you know the the customer was seeing. But we were able to identify what it was and when it was by breaking out through it a morning's logs. Yeah, and and you know you can do that all on a single line command by chaining different tools together, right? Like you mentioned, you know you might use Okta you know, print out the column which has the timestamp in it and then said to strip out the seconds, right? So you're only looking at the minutes mm-hmm. and, then, you know, pipe that to unique, you know, and sort it, that output, right? So, you know, it these tools provide so much flexibility, right? It's not just, hey, I'm looking for one log message, but now you're looking at patterns, right? You're looking at a lot of different, you're looking at the data in a lot of different ways. And, you know, I think we all in the TAC use these tools and we encourage all the customers to, you know, spend five minutes learning about these tools and looking at, you know, they've got said one-line examples and awk one-line examples and grep one-line examples, just Google form, right? And, and you can really see the power that these tools can have and then think about, you know, how can I leverage those tools together, um, you know, to, to solve some questions or some problems that I might have. Yeah, and I, you know, I want to reiterate something Dave said earlier is that sometimes um, you don't even know what prob- what you're looking for, right? You're just... Um, there, we do this a lot sometimes when we just explore the syslog files. You know, what is going on? Um, does it does what I see feel right? So, for example, like Dave said, uh, the ASA logs the most severe messages, at, and it'll, the text will say ASA-1 and then ASA-2. Well, I, you know, I may be working on a problem, and the first thing I'll do is grab that whole syslog file for the text ASA-1 because I know that it's going to spit back any syslogs with that text. And, you know, that's the first thing I'm going to do anytime I get any syslogs because what if there's some other related problem that I can find in there that I can alert the, the, the person about, hey, you know, did you know that your URL filter server is going down every five minutes or every day at this certain time? Maybe they're running Windows Update or something and that's causing an issue. You know, we found other, you know, interesting problems and alerted people due to just exploring syslogs and seeing what stands out. Um, so it's a good idea to you know get familiar with the tools uh, that you can use to understand them, and we'll uh, include examples, real-world examples of how we've used these things on the show notes page. So make sure to check that out. So uh, for for one last example, let's um, let's think about this. So uh, if I was a network administrator and I didn't want to use the tools available on the ASA to keep track of. Who's sending the most traffic through my firewall? Say, I don't want to configure NetFlow, which we now support. Um, uh, You know, Magnus, come up with a way that that person could send send the syslogs from the ASA to a syslog server and then at the end of the day go through them to figure out which host sent the most traffic. An interesting puzzle, let's see. Um, Well, uh, when a connection on our firewall tears down, and, and gets removed from the table, we log a syslog. And part of that syslog is a byte count that indicates how much data was transferred across that connection. Now, if you were to take a look at all of your day's teardown messages, you're essentially seeing the total byte count of everything that passed through your firewall that day. And, you know, their connections were built and torn down. Now, using each one of those syslogs, you could extract the IP address the uh, initiator, the client from each of those syslogs to indicate it's that person establishing the connection, and also the byte count using either sed or awk or cut or any different tool you want there. And that gives you essentially an IP address and then how many bytes that connection used or how many bytes that uh, connection transferred. You could then uh, sort that output uh, based on the byte count using uh, sort with some additional parameters attached to it, and you'd be able to see the top talker connections that happened through your firewall that day. So that gives us the individual connection, like which 
unique flows past the most data. Yeah. But now, okay, now I want to figure out who, which users on the inside pass the most traffic overall through on all their connections yeah. for the entire day. So how do I do that? Well, uh, at that point, you could then sort by the IP addresses that you have. So now you have blocks of byte counts per IP. And then using a command line tool like BC, which is basically just an, uh, a calculator function uh, within uh, Unix, uh, you can then sum up all those different byte counts per IP address and get presented with a final list that gives you an IP address and then how many bytes that IP address transferred. Then sort that output yet again based on bytes, and that'll give your top talker uh, IP addresses. Yeah, and with that same methodology, right, you could also look at the top number of connections generated by a device, right? Mm -hmm. Or you could even say, instead of looking at the teardown connections, you can look at the deny connections, right, and see, you know, who's the top source that's getting denied connections, say, inbound to my firewall, right? There's a lot of, you know, possibilities that you can do just searching through those denied and or tear down syslog messages. Yeah. And, and this example we just went over is, is rather complicated. I mean, it's going through a, a, a lot of different processes and different text manipulation techniques. This is a prime example of something that we're going to have for you guys on the, on the show Here's notes. Here's what I think we should do. I think what mm -hmm. we'll do is we'll go into the lab and we'll generate a 1 meg syslog file or mm -hmm. a, a 10 meg syslog file. We'll attach it to the show notes and then we will walk through running these tools on that file so then you can t you can also, you know, the listeners can download the file and run them on their, you know, machines and, and, and see how the it outputs. works. And compare yeah. the outputs. That's a great um, idea. Cool. So, yeah, it really, you know, the goal here was to talk about the mindset we use when traversing syslogs. Hopefully you're recording syslogs from your most important devices on your network and... Um, you and know, if you're not, you should definitely start. That's true. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, use the show notes along with this episode. Um, check it out. It's hard to explain some of the things, you know, obviously because they do take, you know, these complicated command line tools. But it's something you shouldn't be afraid of. And it's these are uh, tools that every network administrator should have in their uh, in their in their toolbox. OK, so thanks for listening. Uh, check out the show notes and uh, we'll see you next episode.